And welcome to this week's edition of Arrowhead Pride Radio. I'm Jay Binkley, along with the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney and Chris Inocero producing the operation. Pete Sweeney also with Dusty Likens doing the run at the back, the run at the back special. Yeah, 5 a.m. 5 a.m. every, every day, right day. here, right here, 610 Sports Radio. You and Dustman get here from 5 to 6 a.m. And, and you're back again tonight. Right. You were on TV last night. Yep. It's it's a full schedule, and it's because the Chiefs are well into the playoffs now. The bye week is over. We're getting ready for the Cleveland Browns Sunday at 2.05 p.m., Jay. Well, you and I have looked forward to this all year. We've looked right. forward to playoff time. We've talked about it. We knew it was a foregone conclusion. And it's really funny how fast the season went. It just seems like yesterday we are in here after the first week. I'm telling about you, I say this every year. The Texans game. It's the summer <laughs> And training camp starts, and it was a little different this year, you got to admit, but training camp starts, you blink, it's Christmas, you blink again, we're in run-it-back season, playoff season, and here we go. It never even felt like football season ended. It's like the parade, quarantine, (laughs) stuff was weird with the shutdown, and then all of a sudden it was football season again, and it was like, that was weird, it was like like a pause, it was like a barren hibernation. You hibernate after the parade, then boom, it's football season. This was the fastest offseason I've ever had. It was the slowest year and fastest year at the same time, right? It's unreal. The days, they kind of drug along, there wasn't much to do with your friends, but you blink, and it's already 2021, and hopefully... We get stuff straightened out here, and, and if the Chiefs do go all the way, there's able to be some type of celebration. Well, Pete, uh, let's get right into it. A lot of people have been asking about the Chiefs' injury situation. This yeah. is uh, Coach Andy Reid. Guys that didn't practice today were Rashard Fenton, Willie Gay, and Sammy Watkins. Uh, they're all making progress. Um, everybody else was out there moving around. Clyde got some work in today, which was good, and uh, – He's feeling better every day, <clears throat> every day that um, we go along here. So that's the best news right there on Clyde. You followed right. it up with Andy as well. Hey, Coach, we got to speak with Dylan a couple weeks back, and he had mentioned Clyde was just really attacking his injury, really going at the rehab, trying to do everything in his power to get here for this week. What have you seen from him in that regard? Yeah, I mean, he, you know, that's what he does. I <clears throat> had a chance to see him in a couple of the rehab procedures uh as of late and he um you know he just he gets after it and you know a lot of it is the way you approach it and the trust you have and the trainers and so on i mean we've all had injuries i mean you guys have had injuries too so you know that you think you're going to break something by pushing it but normally the the trainers have a pretty good feel on what you can do and can't do so and you and you kind of surprise yourself and but I'll tell you, this kid, he just kind of went right at it. I mean, he, he was fearless with it. And as a result, I'd tell you, he's probably, you know, a little bit ahead. And we just got to evaluate him. And we're not going to do anything to jeopardize him or his career. I mean, that's not what we're doing. We're just, uh, uh, we've taken it um, day by day with him. And we'll keep doing that and just see how, see how he does here. So you heard that Fenton, not there, big player on special teams with this and, and gives some good depth to the secondary. Right. I don't know whether he's going to play or not. You had a feel on Clyde coming back. We'll get to him in just a second. But Fenton, Willie Gay, Sammy Watkins, which one of these kind of concerns you the most? It was a high ankle sprint with Willie Gay. I think it's Watkins, right? Because it isn't so much a regular season thing with Watkins. It's a playoff thing. Really hope that this team can have Watkins 
in the playoffs. I, I think back to last year, and Sammy Watkins led the Chiefs in receiving. And it's funny because you look at the statistics, and Damian Williams led the Chiefs in rushing. And so you're about to enter the postseason without your top skill position players from last year. But I will say this, though. Mahomes did lead him in rushing the first two games of the postseason. The Texans right. and Titans. Sammy's good for five for 93. Every postseason game with the Chiefs in the five games. That's a lot. I think Clyde will play. I know we're about to get to it, but I think he will play. So you, of course, feel good at the running back position. But I, I think you're going to have to find that production from Sammy because when you get to this part of the season, the opposing teams, they have solid defenses. They can control to an extent Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, and you need that third option. So now you're wondering who's going to step up. Will it be a McCole Hardman? Will it be Demarcus Robinson? Could it even be... Byron Pringle. I know my guys at Arrowhead Pride really love Byron Pringle and what he's been able to do. So they have some options there, but I would really like to see some progress from Sammy Watkins, who's been out now for, what, the two games with the calf injury. And Brett Beach last year, you pay him for the postseason with Sammy Watkins. This is what you do, but he's been so good, and I consider him that blocker, kind of that thorn in the side of what uh, what the Chiefs really need. I think Pringle can be that role as well. But regardless, you thought Clyde would be back out there. He is back out yep. there. I still think we wait and see what the progress I, is this week. I feel pretty good about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and maybe it's just from covering Andy Reid. I don't think Andy Reid would go out of his way with a solid answer like that long answer describing how Clyde is potentially ahead of schedule if he didn't feel good about his potential this weekend. So I think, I think, keyword think, Clyde ultimately goes in this game. Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Browns, did the same thing. Okay, on the injury front, uh, not practicing today will be Jack Conklin with a hamstring injury, B.J. Goodson with a shoulder injury, and David Njoku with a hamstring injury. Uh, we're going to get Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson back today off the COVID list, and Coach Callahan is back in the building today as well. A couple of those are big things. Denzel Ward and stuff, Kevin Johnson with his cornerbacks. They're getting their cornerbacks back, which is big for the Browns. Jack Conklin... They should be a concern if I was the Browns. Right. And I know the Steelers didn't get a sack for the first time since 2016. They've led the NFL in sacks four straight years. Jack Conklin is first-team All-Pro. I'm going to talk a Pro Bowl, first-team All-Pro. They're two guards, Wyatt Teller and Joe Batonio. And Batonio was on the COVID list. He'll probably be off. Second-team All-Pro. So that is a good offensive line. Yeah, I I think the Browns are okay. I think they feel like they're getting players back more than they're missing players because they had several guys out last week. Batonio was one of them. Ward was another one. Uh, with the COVID list thing, they're getting some coaches back. That's what's actually remarkable even more so about the game on Sunday night is not only did they whoop the Steelers, they did so with all these guys on the COVID list, missing their head coach, missing several position coaches. But you're right about Conklin. To me, on the Browns side of things, Conklin is the one to watch because I think that would be a significant advantage for the Chiefs if he can't go. Ward, though, being injected back into their secondary is huge, especially with some of the Chiefs' skill position players. Here's the unbelievable part about it. Michael Dunn got elevated during the game to play on the offensive line for the Browns. Another kid named Blake Hance I heard played in the game. This Blake Hance, he, he was on the Jets' practice squad last week, Right. Baker had never met him. Right. He's in there protecting Baker Mayfield against Blitzburg. And Baker Mayfield met him for the first time before the game in the locker room. This Browns game defied all logic. Because the coaches, they were missing five, mm -hmm. including two offensive line coaches, Callahan and the assistant offensive line coach. 
They drove, the coaches did, the two hours to Pittsburgh from Cleveland, not a far drive. Jack Conklin actually drove to the game from Cleveland. So they only started practicing on Friday. They have a beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh in 17 tries. What they did was amazing. It's why you got to kind of take the Cleveland Browns seriously. Because that was, my, that was mind over matter in that game. That totally shocked me. I'm not so sure that Pittsburgh didn't lose that game. The five turnovers. I mean, sure. That that that's. I mean, you can't win a game with five turnovers. I did think they had a chance to bring it back to 35-30 at one point. But when you consider one day of practice, Baker Mayfield, when meaning one of his linemen in the locker room before the game that was on the Jets the week before, and all the coaches driving there, Stefanski, the head coach, in his basement watching the game, and they still kicked Pittsburgh's ass. I think the key point for me in that game was not so much how they got out to a lead, but there was just so much time left. And this is Big Ben's team. And I, I just felt in the first quarter they would at least get back in the game. And so Pittsburgh at one point, as you were mentioning, they make it 35-23. to 23. It's suddenly a 12-point game with a quarter to go. That is a, a lead you can come back from. And the Browns shut the door. I think the Browns offer what I would consider – in the running back position, a championship backfield. So I think one of the keys, and you're starting to hear the Chiefs talk about it already, almost without even needing too much line of questioning, so on and so forth, I think the big thing will be not falling behind. I think if it's a scenario where the Chiefs fall behind by as many as they did in last year's division around 24, you might be in trouble. Nick Chubb is one of the better running backs in the NFL. I think a lot of people would still say Kareem Hunt, even though he's number two on that team, could be considered top five, at the very least, top ten. So I don't think you want to be in a situation where they can run the football and start to bleed clock if they have a lead. Chubb's going 10 yards a carry in the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, that is solid running. But I'll be honest with you. I felt they should have controlled the clock better against the Steelers. They were passing a bit. When they got up on the lead, they're 24th in the league in passing, third on rushing. Time of possession was pretty split. Pittsburgh had it 32-46, Cleveland 27-14. See, that this is how they can't play against the Chiefs. Right. Because when you they had that lead against the Steelers, they should have been ground and pound and play action. Instead, they went prevent. They let Ben Roethlisberger throw the ball 68 times, which is a playoff record. Not only that, it's almost an NFL record. Drew Bledsoe had 70 in 1994, too shy of the NFL record as long as this game's been played. I don't felt they play. I didn't think they played this game right. They should have been pounding the ball. If they play like this against the Chiefs, they won't win. The chances, too, I think, of Patrick Mahomes having the performance that Big Ben did is just so rare where you lose the turnover battle five to nothing with the four picks. We've seen that type of effort only a handful of times in three years. I think back to that L.A. Rams Monday night football game. I think back to the Miami Dolphins game. You can make a case for three quarters into the Super Bowl. Mahomes wasn't playing well, but that type of effort just doesn't happen with him. It's just so few and far between. So I don't think you could count on that necessarily if you're the Cleveland Browns. I think the Browns, they they deserve to be respected, but am I worried about them beating the Chiefs? Not so no. much. You uh, Speaking of injuries, we were talking injuries a few minutes ago. You had a chance to talk to Tyree Kill. He's got that hamstring issue. Right. A couple weeks off helped him out. How much did you benefit from these past couple weeks off? And I was wondering if you could just describe how fresh you're feeling right now. Well, I feel great, man. Um, uh, I just feel like um, our medical team here does a tremendous job of just, you know, um, allowing us um, to like go out and um, work with, you know, um, our like off-field trainers and stuff like that. So I had a chance to go, you know, work out with Luther, um, um, go to this uh, other place I worked out, you know, in the off-season and um, get some more work. 
you know, outside of, you know, the uh, Chiefs facility. So they allowed me to do that, you know, so right now I'm feeling great. Like I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good, man. You know, so I'm ready. I'm excited. <laughs> I like to hear it's the old rest versus rest. I, I'm squarely on the side of rest versus right. rest with this team. Because this team, they didn't do anything all offseason. No many camps, nothing. They go out and spank the Texans. Well, I just think two of you are more impressive players in Travis Kelsey. He was never really officially listed on any injury report or anything, but the last time we saw him, I believe it was week six, 16, and he's limping on and off the field. And then with Hill a couple times this year, as I noted in that question to, to him was, you know, he was dealing with this lingering hamstring thing. That is not something you want ahead of the postseason. So, okay. You know, want to make a case that these guys would be rusty if they're rusty for a series. I will take that in the sense that now they are completely fresh. I mean, if they're rusty, it's not going to be for long in this game. At least I don't believe so. On the Eric Bieniemy situation, uh, the Texans did offer an interview, but they can't interview him until the Chiefs are done with the playoffs, which could be right. three weeks from now. We don't even know, and they have to be what done. A mess! It is a total mess, and is, yeah. I, I was pissed about it. I think you know. Like a lot of people, take no, I'm sorry. But you know what it is? One of 32 jobs. That's right. I have to remember. It's one of 32 jobs. <laughs> You've come back on it. But I did put two middle fingers towards the state of Texas and Houston if I'm Eric Bieniemy. Right. You know what? No. No. You had your opportunity and you blew it. Matt Miller, uh, NFL draft scout on Twitter. We all know Matt for his work at Bleach Report. He's doing his own website now, and I can't wait for it. He says this on a tweet. Been texting with an NFL source this morning who thinks there's a very strong chance Eric Bieniemy isn't hired for head coaching opportunity this cycle. Sites concern about Reed's coaching tree and timing with Chiefs expected to make another Super Bowl run. And I will say this, I do think the Chiefs not being out early did kind of hurt him. Yeah. Because you have to shut down the interviews. They had to shut down the interviews Sunday. That's, that's hurt Reed, him a couple times now. Yeah, I think the Chiefs' success is hurting him. The Chiefs, now don't, don't take this as Andy Reed's coaching tree because all four coaches have a history with Andy Reed. Even Stefanski was an intern under Andy Reed. Right. But... He's talking about offensive because Harbaugh was a special teams guy and everybody else in McDermott was there. But, right. but the bottom line is, I still think he ends up in L.A. And I know they've talked to Urban I Meyer. So, I think yeah. Urban Meyer lived in Jacksonville. I think the enemy ends up there, and he should end up there because Texas is an absolute dumpster fire. I think you're correct. I wouldn't want to necessarily head to the Houston Texans. But, and here's the, the grand but for me right now, I want him to get a job over anything else. And if this was the first cycle he had been a part of, I think you can be a little bit choosy. We're getting into the territory where if he doesn't get one in the cycle, I don't know if he's going to get many more interviews after this I one. I think he will still, even if you it didn't happen right. this year. You It'd might be, be stupid if he doesn't, but... I, I this will be your third year going. We had gone through a situation in Kansas City. I told the guys from the drive this earlier today where we watched Dave Tobe be in the interview yep. cycle for a few years, and then suddenly you haven't really heard about Dave Tobe. Steve Spagnuolo, who's done a nice job reversing the course of the Chiefs defense, he really hasn't gotten many looks and potentially deservedly. So sometimes you, you get out of the cycle. So for me, I think how I feel is I don't love the enemy with that Texans mess, but at the same time, I want to see him somewhere. So if that is the only option, bring it on. Yeah. It doesn't look like Robert Sala might end up with the jets, even though he's going to interview with the Eagles. I'm surprised the Eagles wouldn't be interested in the enemy. They seem to have this fascination with Andy Reid. They haven't been able to for say what, goodbye. Yeah, for what they it's have worth, not been able to say goodbye to Andy Reid. I got an email the other day as soon as the Eagles job became open, and it seemed as though that Kafka, the quarterback's coach, and the enemy mm -hmm. were co-favorites on this thing. So 
I think there must be some interest. Maybe it's just the Reed connection that's that's pushing those odds. But I, I got to imagine that at least one of those guys gets interviewed with the Eagles if they're willing to wait. I think you're right. I think a lot of times these teams want to make sure they get someone that they feel comfortable with. Yeah, the, the Bengals ended up hiring Zach Taylor instead of the enemy, but they had to wait till the Rams were done with the Super Bowl. Right. That's what teams have to do now. They blew their window. So the Texans offered an interview. The problem is they'll probably have their coach by the time the Chiefs are done. It's not fair. If they're serious about the enemy and they're trying to prove that to their quarterback, then they wait. And and I think, I think the enemy may get that gig because they're so far deep in ticking Watson off that they may just have to do it. Unless Miami offers uh, an offer for Watson that he can't refuse. Because I saw a story today on Yahoo where three anonymous players with the Dolphins said that two is not our guy. If that's the case, and that's what players are believing in, that final game. They might ramp it up. Certainly gave you some doubts. Yep. There's I'm, no doubt I'm with it. you on that. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Coming up next, we go Chiefs offense with the one, the only Kent Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Jay Binkley with the Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com. Pete Sweeney, yes, yes. Kristen Ocero producing. Now it's time to jump on board with Kent Swanson, our Chiefs uh, Offensive Analyst from ArrowheadPride.com. Also puts out that KC Draft Guide. Kent, it's about time we start talking some playoff football with the Kansas City Chiefs. I could not be more excited, Bink. I feel like, you know, there's kind of been like a little bit of a, you know, like a fog over Kansas City because everybody's just been looking forward to what we're about to experience in that playoff football. Yeah, it's, it's time to run it back, brother. It's time to run it back. Well, do you expect anything with this offense? You know, you've heard the talking heads analyze this thing upside and down. You know, you have to look. People are talking about the last seven games that Mahomes played and how close those games were. I'll remind people it was 4-0 against playoff teams, had the best uh, yardage, 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Best quarterback rating. The guy was amazing against the playoff teams. That's the part that doesn't concern me. That's the pad I think we're going to see. You? I think we are going to see a scorched earth Patrick LeVon Mahomes and this offense go absolutely berserk on a bunch of teams. <laughs> scorched I, I, earth. I think this team was. I do. Yeah. I think this team was bored. Think. I think this football team got bored. Here's a little fun fact. I uh, saw this tweet from this handsome guy uh, at Kent underscore Swanson. Uh, the, I'm paraphrasing, but the, the Chiefs won four games on the road against the four playoff opponents, opponents, the four divisional opponents that they played this year. They won by an average of 7.25 points, and they were up by as many as 13 on all of them. This team got out in front of good football teams, got a little bit bored, and then kind of it just kind of just fizzled out towards the end, and the games looked a lot closer than they are. This team's going scorched earth. They're going full <laughs> gas to the pedal well, here, for 60 minutes, he's, probably 45 minutes of football because Chad Haney's going to be playing. Well, Kent's, Kent's, oh, Kent, Kent is coming Haney. in with some Eric Bieniemy style energy. Hey, let me put this out here, Kent. DVOA, I go by DVOA. I assume you like DVOA myself. I, I, I'm guessing you do. It's all right. It's okay, fine. it's all right. All right. Out for the fact that the right. Chiefs are kind of just chilling right. in the second I'm waiting for the Kent DVOA then. Okay, good. Number one is New Orleans. Number two is Tampa. Three, Green Bay. Four, Buffalo. Five, Seattle. Six, Kansas City. Is this, Seattle's a joke. 
They've beaten four. They've beaten one. They've beaten two. Seriously, Chiefs six. Come on now. It's ridiculous. I, I, you know what? I think DVOA. I've I've liked some of the metrics that they've had in the past. I don't think you can look at this team who won ninety three percent of their games when Patrick Levon Mahomes and the offense and, and the and the actual team was playing this year. They lost one game. I don't think you can look at this football team and and say with a straight face that they're the sixth best team in football after beating three of them you just mentioned and being up by double digits on all of them. I think that's absurd. Maybe DVOA is taking into the consideration week six, week seventeen. I don't know. I frankly don't care because those those metrics are not going to mean anything. Start Sunday. The Chiefs are three games from another Super Bowl, and I think they are going to run it back. And their best will make it look easy. I tend to agree with you when you say Patrick Mahomes might play a little mad. The all-pro teams coming out last week with Aaron Rodgers, the first-team all-pro, and they made him split one with Josh Allen on the second team. He usually plays angry when he feels a little bit disrespected. He'll never say it, but he always plays angry after those type of games. I want to ask you something, and it's going to be a little bit of a repeat for our podcast listeners, but I want to ask you about how maybe the Cleveland Browns compare to the Oakland Raiders, or I should say the Las Vegas Raiders. This was something you also wrote about for us on ArrowheadPride.com. They do share some similarities, and that's interesting because the Raiders were the only team to beat the Chiefs. I think that's why it's interesting. I mean, if I said strong offensive line, one of the better offensive lines in football, uh, strong running back uh, you know, room, a defense that gives up a bajillion points, I, you could you could describe the the Cleveland Browns or you know the the Oakland Raiders. Uh, so I think both of these teams do have some similarities. Um, you know, I, I the thing is like the, the Derek Carr that the Chiefs saw kind of played above his head both times, and I think he kind of equates similar to Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Although I think Baker Mayfield's a better player, and I think you give the, you give the advantage to Baker Mayfield for the whole body work for the season, but. I the one thing that the, the Browns really don't have, I don't think, is the same kind of offensive pass catchers, the dynamic element to them in the passing game. And I think that's one of the big things that separates these two football teams. You know, they, the, the Browns don't have their Darren Waller. You know, Jarvis Landry, I don't consider a, a game breaker. I don't think he's a guy that's going to consistently score those big, long touchdowns. I know he did against the Steelers. But I think that's one of the things that's really going to make it hard. So this team's going to have to play ball control. They're going to have to play keep away. They're going to have to reduce the number of possessions in the game and hope that they can continue to keep the game script in a situation where they can run the football. The problem for them is Patrick will on the hole. And I think that they're just going to get out ahead. They're going to put the pressure and all the gas on the pedal and really put a lot of pressure on the Browns to, to play the style of game and the game script that the Chiefs want to play. Are you going to name your next kid LeVon somehow? <laughs> like LeVon Swanson? You know, Bink, if you have I to. could, I would. The problem for me, Bink, is I, I'm not doing this alone. Right. I have a, I have a, a wife here that's I know. probably not going to let LeVon happen. I'm going <laughs> to, you know, maybe that's, that's going to be a hard sell for me. I'm tr- I tried live L-I-V like Olivia, maybe, you know, because people will live. I love it. Um, some like I saw some people doing that. I think that's a great idea. Well, get a tat, get a tat or something. That says Levon. You know, you use that a lot. Use Levon. Hey, do that. I ask- do use it a lot. It's, it's part of my. It's part of my like dialect. I know that's why I like it so much. It's <laughs> funny. It makes me crack up every time you do it. But well, running game wise, what do the Chiefs need for production from the running backs? We know the Clyde's back practicing. That's a good sign. 
with Le'Veon Bell, I always thought he had this extra gear and he was going to kick it in by the time they got to the postseason. When he kind of understood the complexities of the offense because we've seen him in the slot, we've seen him use him in different situations. What do the Chiefs need in the running games? Because first two playoff games last year, Mahomes led him in rushing. Yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting to see what the what the you know Browns and some of these other teams do because you know if they're going to give you the 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 the, the running game, I think the Chiefs will take it. You know, so I think you know there there could be depending on how the Browns want to play. If they're going to play soft, they're going to play with light boxes and they're going to try to keep a cap on this Chiefs offense. Yeah, you're going to see Le'Veon Bell and whenever Clyde Edwards-Helaire is healthy and ready, you're going to see Clyde Edwards-Helaire as well. Um, you're going to see you know them getting involved in the run game, but big. As a true quarterback, I think the thing that you got to look for in the playoffs with the running back group is the pass game. I don't think that they have completely revealed what they can do and the full potential of the passing game for the running backs. You know, I think you saw a little bit with Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, against Dolph- against the Dolphins. I get 53 yards, you know, catching. I think as teams are selling out, ver- you know, to take away the vertical stuff and getting a lot of depth to try to, you know, slow and, and keep a lid on everything. I think that that's where Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell could really eat in the playoffs, and I think there's more to that element of that offense that we haven't seen and that they've held back. Ken, I want to ask you about Sammy Watkins. This was the receiving leader for the Chiefs in last year's postseason. We all understand how important he is, especially when it comes to this time of year. Misses practice today. Let's assume that he misses this game with the calf injury. How did the Chiefs handle that? I think it may not be as big of a problem this week um, because I think whoever they line up as, you know, that X receiver, I think they're still going to be able to, you know, they're going to be able to have some success. I don't know how much the Browns are going to try to play man coverage. Um, So I think they'll be able to survive this week. It'll be interesting to see what happens if, say, they play the Ravens Mm. in the AFC championship. I'm not predicting it. That's not my prediction, guys. But, I'm predicting that. Uh, well, of course you would, Bink. They run the football. Um, but Three guys I, I think, you know, I think, I think the Ravens could be a team that, you know, they, they could play man coverage. They could play playoff physical man coverage and then really try to take away Kelsey and Hill. What happens? And what's happened in those situations the last few playoffs, Sammy Watkins has come out and balled and beat good press coverage and has been a dynamic playmaker in the playoffs. Right. They need that guy. McCole Hardman can't do that. D-Rob, DeMarcus Robinson can't do it. Byron Pringle can't do it, but he or can do it, but he doesn't earn enough snaps or enough trust for some reason to get more opportunities. They need Sammy Watkins. They need healthy Sammy Watkins, the guy that we saw at the beginning of the year with a little bit of explosiveness. Uh, I think he's a huge factor in them making a run. It'll be a little bit more challenging if he doesn't play. I'd like to thank Kent LeVon Swanson, lead drafted film analyst <laughs> for ArrowheadPride.com for his general guru-ness for O'Head Pride on the offense. Thanks, Kent. Jay LeVon Binkley, anytime. I think. <laughs> Thank right, you. I mean, come on. At least name your kid Pete or something. Guru-ness. Guru-ness. Add it to the dictionary. Coming up next, though, we talk to uh, Barley Hop. We're at Barley Hop on Twitter. Craig Stout, defensive film analyst <laughs> for ArrowheadPride.com, and yet another guru. We do that next. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. Spilled your drink? Uh. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up spills and messes quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less than the leading value brand. So you can get back to the party. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. 
You're ready to get back into yoga, so you order the essentials. A non-slip mat, yoga blocks to keep balance, and an exercise ball. And you use your Bank of America Cash Rewards credit card, choosing to earn 3% cash back on online shopping and up to 5.25% as a preferred rewards member, which you put towards your most essential yoga gear. Noise-canceling headphones. Welcome. Take a deep breath. Apply for yours at bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. The official broadcast partners of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio. I'm Jay Binkley with the editor-in-chief of arrowheadpride.com, Pete Sweeney. Joining us now, the Chiefs defensive. The other side. And special teams analyst. <laughs> Craig Stout at Barley Hop. What you add this new title for? You're a defensive film analyst. Now I see special teams analyst. Listen, Dave, you don't even know. Special teams is where I'm most versed. I'm, it's it's I'm very a important. Player. I can't. This is this is my my bit. This is my whole gimmick right here. The defense is for the bird, man. I'm Who's, why have you now. been holding out for years? Because it just said defensive film analyst. Then you then you add this special teams, and I know that's new. Because I look every week. Yeah, that is. And it's brand new. Yeah, You're a special teams year. analyst now. That's, that's this year. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, whatever the title are you going to give him, Pete? Whatever he wants to cover Chiefs-wise, we'll be happy to give him a title. Who's the best special teams player, most important special teams player, and underrated special teams player on the Chiefs? Okay, most important special teams player is still Harrison Butker because kicks and extra I, points. Underrated. We, we, know, points. we know Butker's important. We know Hardman and Fenton and Pringle are important. Who's, who's an underrated player that you like? Uh, you didn't talk about gunner number one, Antonio Hamilton. <laughs> there we go. Very underrated. <laughs> um, no, this is James Winchester. I mean, the, the there we go. stops. If he's not long snapping, I mean, this, this is what you pay me for, Pete. This is what we want. Well, I love the fact that you're giving uh, credit to people like uh, like the long snapper because that's very important, Craig, when it comes to special teams. Because I know, they, listen, Oklahoma. they're important, but what about Rashad Fenton's injury? You know, with the ankle, he's a guy that's prominent on special teams. Yes, that's a big deal. That's not just a big deal for special teams. Like, he was a guy that was kind of mixing in a little bit there in the dime. So that's, that is not a small deal. And he was returning some kicks as well. I mean, that could be a big loss if he doesn't get to play this week. Worth, worth, worth saying that we think Dorian O'Daniel will be activated to the roster at some point this week. I believe they're at 52 right now. But enough special teams talk let's cast a wide net craig what do you make what do you think about this browns offense i mean it's a really really good offensive line and a killer running game kevin stefanski has really developed a solid offensive game plan that mixes in a lot of zone a lot of power runs and they've got an offensive line that can just pretty much do whatever they want and do it at a very high level. And then you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who are two very, very good running backs. That's what makes this go. So you have a lot of defenses that like the key off of that run game because it's the most important thing, and that sets up Baker Mayfield in the play-action passing game, which is where he's at his most comfortable. It really is a really symbiotic offense. It revolves around that excellent run game and that excellent offensive line. When you talk about that play-action system, it's what Stefanski wants Baker Mayfield to do, and he excels at that. I was talking to Pete a little bit. 
I was surprised how they went offensively against the Steelers. Listen, it worked out. They scored the points. But it, it, five turnovers by the Steelers. Let's put it this way. But they had less time of possession by five minutes than the Steelers. I thought it would be the other way around, Craig. I thought once they got that lead, they would pound the running game. Now, listen, they have three first-team – well, it's first and second-team all pros on the offensive line in Conklin, Teller, and, uh, and Batonio. Should have all three back this week. We'll wait and see on Conklin. He's been kind of banged up as of late. But are you a little bit surprised that they kind of went out of their element a little bit? I mean, a little bit. I do think – I mean, Baker Mayfield had the second longest time to throw in the NFL for the entirety of the regular season, long play-action dropbacks. That's really where they felt most comfortable with him. With Batonio out, they changed it up a little bit. They went to more of a quick passing game against a good Steelers defensive line. They tried to get the ball out quickly, and that resulted in some of these quicker passes – when the Browns did not get some of these longer drives that were able to score touchdowns, they had several three and outs. Like people forget, they they were at the beginning in the middle of the second half. Mm. They they had a bunch of punts in a row that allowed the Steelers to kind of claw their way back into the game a little bit. So I do think that they changed up things a little bit just because Joel Batoni was out. But like you said, probably coming back this week. I bet we'll see a little bit more of the normal Browns than we will against you know the Steelers like we did last week. You think about this team. Baker Mayfield has one turnover since week eight, but I'll point this out too. He only has three games over 200 yards passing in the last eight games because they've relied so heavily on that running game. If the Chiefs can find a way to shut down that running game like they did Derrick Henry last year in the playoffs and force Baker Mayfield to beat them through the air, can he? This is the 24th best passing offense in the NFL. I mean, he, uh, that's hard to say. It's really hard to say because they, everything that he's done so well in the passing game has been fully predicated on that run game. Right. Now, if you rewind about four weeks ago when the Chiefs played New Orleans, Drew Brees coming off of an injury, we expected that team to really lean hard on the run game. And what did the Chiefs defense come out and do? They shut down the run game for a quarter and a half. They forced the, the Saints to have to punt a bunch. If the Chiefs can come out and shut down the Cleveland running game, then all of a sudden play action gets out the window. Like You don't expect this, the Browns to have to run the ball when they're trying to play catch-up. That makes Baker Mayfield out of his comfort zone. These longer drops, these bootlegs, things like that. You're going to see the Chiefs pass rush get to tee off a little bit. So we haven't really seen that good Baker when it's, just, when it's not the play action game through the second half of this year. So I'm really curious because that Browns defense is not particularly good. I expect Mahomes and the offense are going to score a lot of points. If it has to come back to the Cleveland Browns passing game, I don't think that this is going to be a particularly close game. Talking to our defensive film analyst, Craig Stout of ArrowheadPride.com. I'm glad you brought up the game against the Saints because that was very impressive against their rushing attack, one of the better rushing attacks in the league. I'm a little bit concerned with this tandem, Chubb and Hunt, when it comes to the second level of the Chiefs defense. Some of these linebackers, especially with Hitchens coming off the COVID list, you might not have Willie Gay in this game. You probably won't. How concerned are you there? I'm a little concerned with that, for sure. I mean, especially when those guys break out of the pocket and mm, right. have to rely on Danny Wilson, Ben Neiman, who will probably play the Sam if he's able to go this weekend, and Anthony Hitchens at the Mike linebacker. Those aren't the most fleet of foot to the most agile linebackers. Now, they're going to be very gap-sound, which I think 
plays to the Chiefs' strengths. I think that that's going to help them to be able to shut down some of these longer runs that Steelers weren't able to do. But as Baker Mayfield has to come down, check down to his running back, I think you're going to see a lot more of these guys in space. That's scary against those linebackers. I'm curious, we're going to see a lot more Dan Thornton kind of filling down the alley, maybe some Juan Thornhill, some Tyron Matthew, trying to hit these guys in open field before they can really get loose. Because we saw what happened against the Steelers when Hunt and Chubb can get loose into space. They're just absolutely dangerous, and they can house one of those things from 70 yards away. Do you feel, with the way that they blocked the Steelers in Blitzburg, that Chris Jones and Frank Clark can have uh, an effect in this game? Do you expect something different than what yeah, happened in I, Pittsburgh? Yes, I, I, I genuinely do, and I think it is going to be because of the longer dropback. I don't think that the Cleveland Browns are going to look at the Kansas City Chiefs defensive line and see the same scare factor that they did against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are a higher blitz percent or not a higher blitz percentage, higher pressure percentage. So I think you're going to see maybe a little more confidence in the offensive line, especially with Batonio back. Chris Jones can do some damage up the middle there. And if Frank Clark is the playoff Frank Clark that we saw last year, especially if Jack Conklin can't go, I think you're going to see Frank Clark put it on these guys a little bit too. I think both of those guys are primed for big games. When Baker Mayfield is dropping back for three and four seconds back there, I think they can tee off and get some sacks this week. That's Craig Stout, defensive film analyst and special teams analyst for OhedPride.com. Thanks a lot, Craig. Hey, thanks, guys. There you go, Craig Stout right there. 913-576-7610 is the Jay Southland tow service text line. If you have a question for myself or Pete Sweeney, please put it in. 913-576-7610. We'll do that next. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. Does it feel like finding clothes in your fit is impossible? Tired of feeling overwhelmed with options that just aren't right? Let the experts at Stitch Fix do the shopping for you. At Stitch Fix, we make sure each piece is hand-selected for your life. So whether you're staying home or on the go, Stitch Fix has the answer for what to wear. We make it easy to find what works for you. Signing up takes just a few minutes, and styles are delivered directly to your door. Get started today at stitchfix.com. Stitch Fix, your style delivered. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Jay Binkley with the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, Chris Inocero, producing. As always, we'll get to your questions in just a minute. I do sure. think it's fascinating, Pete. Uh, well, you know, one thing about this, this this Browns team, we know they don't get to the quarterback quite often, and you had addressed that with Patrick Mahomes today. I'll say quarterback knockdowns, they're 32nd in the NFL. That means knocking the quarterback to the ground. Right. Dead last. Chiefs are, Chiefs are second with 63. Quarterback pressures, they're 21st in the NFL. Blitz percentage, 30th in the NFL. They don't blitz very much at all either. You had a chance today to ask Pat Mahomes about the Browns not really blitzing, but still putting pressure. Patrick, it seems like some of the teams that have had success against you defensively have this ability to get pressure to you without blitzing. The Browns somewhat fall into that category. Knowing that going in, how does that maybe change your preparation or mentality as a quarterback? 
Yeah, I mean, I, was, I think I have to focus on the fundamentals for myself. I think it's the biggest thing. Trusting the O-line, trusting the, the, the game plan, and get the ball to my hands. Uh, the good thing about this team is we have a lot of great playmakers that can make plays happen in space. And so as if I'm getting the ball out of my hands and getting it to them, if that's holding it, stretching plays out and throwing deep passes, or if that's getting it out quick, uh, whatever way uh, in order to have success in the field, I'll, I'll try to do that. They've had some good games they flashed. The Raiders game right. when they came to Cleveland, the Raiders were playing good football at that point. Uh, ben Roethlisberger still threw for 501 yards on him, despite the five turnovers from the Steelers and the four picks. But th- this defense doesn't scare me, Pete. And I know it sounds that weird. They're 17th in the NFL. I get it. The Chiefs are 16th in the NFL. But they give up more yeah. points per game. They're 21st in the NFL. They give up 26 points a game. They don't scare me. It it, it comes off a, as a game to me, game script-wise, where the Browns – I feel like the scenario they they can only win in is one in which they control from wire to wire. I just feel similarly. Like if they have to play from behind and you know that they have to throw the ball, it's not going to be a game where I think the Browns are going to come back and beat the Chiefs. But let's say certain things happen. Maybe we think back to, to last year, knock on wood, you don't want that to necessarily happen. But the Chiefs go down 10 to 14 points, and then they're able to run a little bit and and stretch the game out. I think that's the script that works potentially for the Browns. I I also think that the Chiefs could come back because their offense is so good. And so to me, the window for the Browns having a chance in this game is just so small. Next week, I might feel differently. I don't want to look too far ahead, but those two teams that are playing in that other AFC game, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Buffalo Bills are just a little bit more complete and further along than the Browns are right now. Who are you picking to win in that game? Because I think it's important because I think the Chiefs will beat the Browns. And though I think I feel at this point they're going to face the Ravens. And I know mm. people are talking about snow and everything else. Who cares? I've seen Josh Allen inclement weather against the Chiefs. Right. Remember it was a rainy night in Orchard Park. Not a not a great game. Ravens are the top rushing football team in the NFL. That gives the Bills trouble. They've given up 200 yards a game in their losses. I think the Ravens are the worst matchup for the Buffalo Bills. I'm picking the Baltimore Ravens in that game. Me too. And I just I find them to be the team that's playing better right now. I mean, we almost watched the Buffalo Bills lose to the Indianapolis Colts. I, I really, should have if it wasn't for bad coaching decisions by Frank Reich. And a couple mishaps here and there with the missed field goal and, and whatnot. And I just think the Ravens have a different vibe to them right now. I think they're a more complete team slightly than the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Buffalo Bills can go and take care of business. I know this game is is very close when it comes to the spread and whatnot, but I'm siding with the Ravens. I just feel like they're a different team this year. Uh, it's going to be 34 degrees and not snowy in Buffalo. That's what people were saying earlier. Speaking of coming back, LDT, the Canadian doctor, was uh, yes. doing some stuff for FedEx. While I'm not on the field this season, it's been a great joy to watch everyone play each and every week. And now the Super Wildcard Weekend is here and the vaccine is on the way not just in the U.S., but in Canada, too. Thanks to FedEx and others who are transporting COVID-19 vaccines to our communities to get as many people as possible vaccinated. It's truly heroic work, and I'd like to personally express my gratitude to all of those who made the vaccine possible and all of those working on the front lines. I look forward to a lot more football to come and being back on the field next season. Stay safe and go Chiefs. Because I'm not sure they can bring Kilgore back. He was maybe going to retire before the season. Rimmers mm-hmm. was on his last leg. Wisniewski might go into the retirement world. Well, I will say this. The two opt-outs are coming back, LDT and Lucas Niang, for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I do feel that's where they're going with the first pick in the draft. But- well, yeah, I they might. And this is the beauty, I think, of, 
of Veach and, and what he's building, too, when you think about the build, is every year, and it seems like since Veach took over, this has been the case, they seem to address every what would be considered a need going in in some capacity prior to what would be the NFL draft. And so when it gets to be the chief selection, right? It gets to be the chief selection. They could go in any direction. And that's how you take best player available, which was a John Dorsey thing. And so, yeah, I, I agree. I think taking offensive line on a day one or day two pick, probably the right move, but they can go in a lot of different directions. And part of the reason is because LDT will be back and you have this next year, this new rookie redshirt year for Lucas Nia. All right, Pete, let's go to the questions at this point. From the 913, do you think we'll see more Daryl Williams than Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> it's a good question. I, I I think Clyde will be back in the mix, so I think it actually may be close as far as snaps with these two guys. I think you'll see mostly Clyde. That's my expectation. Again, we don't know for sure, but I, I think he'll be back for this game, and I think you might see a mix in that role for Bell and Daryl. Daryl at times has looked better, and so I think he might have earned those snaps. From Big Pete at the 347. <laughs> Why are you on TV and talking on the radio at the same it's time? It's playoffs. We have to get, get them all in. We got to get them all in. Okay, it's pretty impressive, Pete. Uh, 954 from Neil and Lone Jack. Evening, guys. Hey, Pete, this is Neil. Hi, Neil. Uh, Byron Pringle and Sammy have been getting a lot of talk today. What about DeMarcus? Do you think DeMarcus um, I think can the, help in Sammy's absence? Yeah, I think the coaching staff, for some reason, whatever you, you want to call it, may, it might just be longevity here. They trust DeMarcus Robinson a bit more than they have Byron Pringle. If you if you read our website at arrowheadpride.com, we've been waiting for Pringle to maybe get an opportunity there. Uh, the next time up, we'll see if that's this weekend. Jordan Tiamu, by the way, back with the Kansas City Chiefs, but that leads me into this question, Pete, from the 785. Do you think Antonio Callaway signing gives us another advantage? Just a, a flyer, a guy with a lot of talent who just has not worked in Cleveland. He has not worked in Miami. This is the SEC guy, buddy. This is the classic Andy Reid second chance guy. And let's see if Reid can straighten out his life and career. All right. I'll ask you this. It comes from the 913. Who will be the defensive standout in this game Sunday? Hmm, that's a good question. I'm going to go with Mr. Reliable of this year, Legereus Sneed. He's been really, yeah, my, he's been my top defensive player. I I think he actually made a case for what would have been like the defensive player of the year for this team. I know he missed a, a bunch of games in the middle of the season with an injury. He's just been Mr. Reliable wherever the chiefs have needed somebody. Legereus Sneed has stepped up. Why not put him in that role for uh, this initial playoff game? I'm with you on that. All right, who who shines on the offense? And you can't say Patrick. Patrick. Mahomes. Oh, okay. Can't say Patrick. No, it's like the it's like the free space. <laughs> I'm going to continue with what I saw in the regular season and and go with Travis Kelsey in this game. I know that playoff teams have been able to handle Hill and Kelsey to an extent dating back to last year, but I just like Kelsey to continue pick up right where he left off. Now that he's fresh, taking these three weeks off his off his feet. He likes playing against Cleveland. 10 for 134 last time he faced them. I get it. It's a different Cleveland Browns team. We can't really talk about that. But he loves playing his hometown team. It's his hometown team. team. He talked about it a bit today. He actually said it was personal for him, too. Some some quite different reasons for that reason than than Kareem Hunt. All right. Personal question from me coming from the 816. Pete, how did the hot dog machine work? Because we got a lot of talk about that. I got text about it. Lots of stuff. It was great. Uh, You can't really necessarily put the dog and the buns in. For the same amount of time, but you figure it out. Slapping some pickles on those dogs, Chicago dogs, I would highly recommend. Did you go out and purchase the pretzel buns for the hot dogs? Like I sent you the picture of. <laughs> I did not find them. I did not find them. You gotta, you gotta send me the pretzel bun store next time. All right. Thanks to Pete Sweeney, editor in chief, ArrowheadPride.com. Catch him in the morning with Dusty Likens. Five a.m. tomorrow. Thanks to Kent Swanson. 
and Craig Stout, and of course, Kristen O'Sara for producing the operation. Big good night. Hey, that's me. I'm next. <laughs>